Avengers! Hello everyone and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. Jack, is it soon to be the Marvel's Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy podcast? Oh, it certainly will be. Oof, yes, it's going to be an exciting day when we record next week. Uh, I'm your host, director, excuse me, Christian Buckley, joined as always by the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior, E3 is firmly upon us and Mm -hmm. the hype is real. Yep. It sure is. This episode's going up in the middle of kickoff day, so uh, for those that are watching this episode, hello. We're probably live at the moment as well, but I doubt you care about Ubisoft because this is all about Marvel's Avengers. Uh, do, do you see a world where Ubisoft ever does a Marvel game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be- like, you see the bones of a Ubisoft game in Spider-Man. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, yeah, I think I think that just makes a hell of a lot of sense. You know, I'm just, I'm very surprised it hasn't happened yet, you know? Yeah, because Ubisoft's making a Star Wars game, right? Yeah, so they got that, they got John Drake's number, they got this <laughs> Disney connection, you know? Like, I, it's just interesting to me. And, you know, for the longest time, I always imagined Ubisoft would make something like a Punisher game. I, f- I feel like that fits their vibe, like open world Hell's Kitchen Punisher. I feel like that's mm. them. That's so, a good call. That's yeah. a good call. So who knows? Maybe we just get a surprise Marvel game at Ubisoft tomorrow. We will have to wait and see. Maybe it's not just Square. That'd be wild. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. A little baseball update, of course, from me. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was the weirdest baseball game last night. I caught some of it, yeah. Yeah, the Red Sox and the Astros. Just bizarre plays that you never see. The infield fly rule was incorrectly called in the outfield. Um just weird stuff going on and that was bizarre and i'm glad i started really heavily watching baseball this year because that was that was something yeah but uh how you doing doing good it is uh chilly today you know i got took care of a haircut for e3 so uh, the hair is no longer long uh i've been rocking some tank tops for some recordings but today i'm cozied up with a cardigan windows open because you know it's like 50 degrees today after all this this summer heat and i'm sick of it already <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really a uh, vacillating right now we're not really stuck on a certain it's like going from like really hot to you know 50s that's wild yeah and you know jack it really i think is replicating our opinions and feelings on this avengers <laughs> game <laughs> because we got some stuff to talk about this week some honestly really exciting uh small tweaks i think for the game some bad news that uh broke a while ago that i think we should talk about and of course we do have some very exciting marvel stuff on the grand scheme because loki the latest mcu disney plus show has arrived episode one is here we're gonna do a full breakdown full review full impressions in the back half of the show but first we'll kick off the way we always do with fury's report this week for your low power level mission guaranteed gear for your low levels which man how many of you are left? I don't know <laughs> because <laughs> we're go we're pushing up on a year. Uh, I did see the game was like ten bucks the other day, and I sent it to another friend of mine, and they're like, "Okay, I'll buy it." <laughs> yeah, so, the optimum price for this game. Exactly. So the low power level missions are for them. Um, mm-hmm. This week it is more than inhuman. <laughs> Do you know what this is? <laughs> uh, it certainly involves the Inhumans, and that's the extent of my knowledge on that one. 
You nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, the high power level mission is Out of the Shadows, which is not And We're Back or uh, the other one about the Avengers taking the spotlight or something like that. I don't know what this is. Who knows? You know, I I should play these each week just to, you know, know what these are. Uh, but I have no no real reason to. So I don't yeah. think I ever will. Yeah. And to be fair, it's not a priority for them. You know, I think for the longest time, for like 30 out of these 41 weeks of post-launch conversations, they had the low power, high power harm room challenge listed at the top of the blog. And maybe like seven weeks ago, they swapped it. So like it just fits our flow better. So clearly it's not a priority for the game. But for us, it's a nice way to kick off the show. You know, it's nice. Yeah, it's it's not a good or bad thing. It's just well, it's nice to have. It's nice yeah. to have these things because you now can replay the campaign. But um, even if you don't want to go through a whole campaign just to play like one mission, there is like a little bit of randomness to, oh, this mission's back in rotation. So for those that care, it's it's nice to know. For sure. And if you care about collecting your comic sets this week, if you do the Harm Room Challenge, the lower high level version of it, you'll get Incredible Hulk from 2001, issue number 25. But the and if Mar- you do care, oh. I would love to yeah. <laughs> have you sound off in the comments. <laughs> Please, yeah. Who Who is like waiting for that final drop that they need? Who needs their one last comic to complete all the sets? I'm very curious. Uh, I'm proud of you if you're doing that, but yeah, it couldn't be me. No, I'm with you. Uh, This week, though, the Marketplace has some interesting stuff. Uh, Hulk is featured there as well as the comic, but Jack, are you a fan? Let me hear your take on the Marketplace this week. Um, I'm both happy and very upset with the Marketplace this week. Okay, because So in the uh, War Table blog they have here, they detailed that um, the Steampunk outfits are the new... Uh, like team outfit set for the avengers which on the whole i think looks really cool obviously with the the steampunk aesthetic you have like some gold trim um you some railroad looking dudes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so that i think looks cool um what really upsets me is this is the either the first time i've noticed this or the first time that they've actually successfully done this Uh, i've always been a big complainer about any of Captain America's redesigns because the shield consistently stays the generic shield designed. Mm-hmm. They redesigned it this time. It's a gold star. There's gold trim where the white usually is. And there's some weird little red patterns um, where the red usually is, which I think looks really cool, but is emblematic of the fact that they didn't redesign the shield for any other team outfits. And it just like really stood out as weird. So I'm, I'm very confused why why that wasn't the case agreed um you pointed this out to me the other day right we were i think we were finishing up uh, the summer games fest reactions and we were just talking on discord and uh we saw the update and like the thing that hurts me the most is like literally in the campaign the first time you see captain america again you know after his a-day fiasco after he's uh half naked in space pants when you get his suit, like his default campaign suit, it's the stealth suit, and he doesn't have the stealth shield. <laughs> like yeah. it's because the thing is, it's the same shield, it's the same dimensions. It looks like it's the same decal size and ratio amongst all the rings in the star. Like it's just a paint job. So like, 
literally like i feel like if that's the one you get in the campaign is the stealth suit and you don't do the stealth shield it's a weird choice but maybe that'll come in an update down the line who knows yeah i remember one time you were talking about this specifically with characters hair because of the avengers endgame uh outfits (laughs) fiasco for some characters where you could have an outfit and maybe go in and refine some of the finer details so go in with captain america in this example and wear the steampunk outfit and then just go in and change the shield to whatever shield you want i feel like that would be cool i don't think we'll ever see that but that could be a really interesting like i've been playing mass effect for instance and Mm -hmm. you can have like the n7 armor set in mass effect 2 but you can also go in and further refine that and be like well i want to wear these you know uh bracers or uh this um you know chest piece and stuff like that so i think that'd be cool i don't think we'll ever see that because it's it's such a niche thing. I don't think anyone really cares that much about it. Well, that's the interesting thing, because on a dev stream a while back, uh, CD did say that they are looking into and developing weapon skins. And I would oh. think that the weapon skin, specifically for Cap, is tied to the shield. You know, like yeah. Mjolnir, maybe we could get the MCU Mjolnir as a weapon skin uh, maybe like a more classic god of war design for mjolnir as well like the one you would see in a i don't know some nor- novelty store that likes north norse mythology <laughs> like I-, I think there's some variety options there we could get into um and seeing this though this weapon skin introduced here uh there's another uh, outfit this week that is a new take on a specific look, a physical feature that's making me suspicious, Jack. I think the reason they're holding on to Cap and Thor from Endgame, the two of them, is because the Cap skin, I think, is going to end up having the MCU shield, and I do think Thor is going to have the beard and the hair. And why do you think that? Because of this marketplace. What was the skin that you're referring to? So... Half of it is the fact that we get a new cap shield. The other half is we get this hipster hardware store Thor that <laughs> is giving him a beanie. I think the beard is just the standard stock beard, but like it is a modification that is completely different from anything we've seen so far. Yes, it's a hat, but like I don't know. We could get hair physics in here. We could extend that beard, I think. You know, it, it just just give it a little more time. Why else would they be taking this much time for these two skins? Is it telling that our excitement about this game is centered around the fact that they can redesign Cap Shield or Thor's <laughs> hair options? Yeah, well, like, <laughs> part, I understand, yes, but also, like, I think that's just part of the fun of enjoying a superhero thing, too, right? Like, yeah. the costumes and the suit, that's always a super cool thing. Like, even in the MCU, whenever we got to see a, char- a new character's suit for the first time, it's a huge moment. In like Civil War, when we saw the Ant Man suit redesign, that was really cool. Uh, when we saw Captain America's suit redesign after uh, the Avengers monstrosity, like yeah. there is an air to the, I guess, commodification and toyification, microtransactionification of superhero costumes. But yes, it is telling, like you're saying for sure. <laughs> yeah, that is a great point, though. That is a great point because mm-hmm. I remember like what you said for Civil War, just pouring over that trailer especially with spider-man in it oh yeah oh this is what spider-man looks like in the mcu now wow 
So yeah, mm-hmm. I I totally get that. For sure. But uh yeah, so currently for the steampunk set, which I also I'm with you, I do think looks cool. Um we got Hulk, Widow, Kate, and Thor in the shop this week. And like I mentioned also, we do have hardware I think it's called Har- Thor's hardware shop. It's um Thor in a green beanie, a orange flannel, jeans, and like uh lumberjack boots. I kinda like it. I might get it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it it definitely is the most different looking Thor skin because it's like him and his civvies, but he has his, his beanie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's and cool. Love a good beanie, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I also saw, I think, uh, Kate's iconic Young Avengers outfit is returning in the shop this week, as well as uh, Captain America in like some Avengers campus white t-shirt casual uniform. So Yeah, it looks like he... It looks like the outfit he was wearing when he was running around the washington mall sure yeah just like a t-shirt essentially with the avengers logo so yeah it's i I feel like the marketplace is pretty good this week especially with the uh the team steampunk outfits i like those a lot yeah and as of this recording it is friday it's releasing saturday tomorrow just as a reminder there will be the square enix presents which will feature war for wakanda a bunch of updates about uh, the future of Marvel's Avengers, what's to come. And last week we did do extensive predictions on that as well as Guardians of the Galaxy. Those are still on the podcast feed for the show and the playlist on the YouTube channel. But as a quick reminder, I do think both of us are expecting to at least see some new skins, namely some endgame ones, come time for the show. Yeah, I also think... It could be possible for them. Do you know how, like, in the future months it says outfits inspired by the MCU mm-hmm. and it's not, like, specific? Yeah. I think if they choose to go the specific route like they did with Endgame, they will reveal what versions um, they want to do. So, like, hey, in the next month, these we're going to be basing um, our skins off of this movie or this franchise or something like that. Okay, I definitely could see that for sure. It would be nice for them to be vocal about it out the gate rather than, like, when the Widow skin was announced and, the, like, the first couple leaked, it was like, so are they all Endgame or is it, like, a couple of them? But uh, if you had to stake a claim, what do you think the next MCU line is going to be tied to? Ooh, that's tough. Like, you, you have to figure it might be an avengers movie mm-hmm. because that's just the easy route to do i would say maybe the first avengers and just get those out of the way because i was okay. honestly i think we were both kind of expecting that to be you know the first run and they chose to go with endgame which was an interesting option so yeah. honestly if they go avengers one i think that would be in an in interesting play a nostalgic play yeah i personally I I have a lot of issues with the movie, but like Age of Ultron, I think the hero outfits are not one of those issues. So like, would be really cool to see that. If I had to guess though, I would say Infinity War, um, because at that point you'll be able to bring in skins for like Black Panther, who's coming to the game, um, get his skin in there, or maybe even something like a Civil War, because then you would have Hawkeye as well. Um, mm. And Black Panther, who, um, you know, I feel like you want to have as many of the roster in that project as possible. So, yeah. 
interesting stuff. Uh, one little rumor mill item I'll throw out there since we are briefly discussing uh, the future of the game, right? Um, I saw Miller uh, came back after a brief hiatus of doing some leaks. This was speculation and partly based on some inside stuff. Uh, Miller is saying that they believe Spider-Man will drop alongside Black Panther, which I think we discussed as maybe being an option either last week or before that. But, you know, if Miller says it, even if it's speculation, I'm inclined to at least start to think that way. So would you be surprised if come late August, early September, we get T'Challa and Spidey? That would kind of surprise me because... Like, why why release those two things at the same time? Because one obviously overshadows the other uh, with Black Panther. And mm-hmm. it, it just... Like, I understand Spider-Man would only go to one audience, so it, it would really only affect that one console with PlayStation users. But I feel like even still, I'm a PlayStation user, and that's how I played uh, the game. I'd rather just have my time with black panther and then like maybe a month later have spider-man just so black panther doesn't cannibalize the spider-man content um sure so that that strikes me as a little odd i don't know if we'll see that yeah i definitely get the logic of like drop this alongside a really exciting character that everybody's getting so you don't have that narrative of like dead game i hate this uh like any there will be negativity that comes from spider-man dropping no matter what but like i think masking that maybe but you're right it would also mask some of the events of spider-man because more for wakanda seems huge so with that though moving on through the war table blog this week we got some update updates multiplayer mega hives jack they're almost done they're almost here soon i'm so excited christian we're going to run at least one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we like, certainly will after this upcoming news. Yes. So I don't know if these are dropping in conjunction with each other, but we also learned from the blog this week that Mega Hives are cutting the required steps to complete in half, and they are keeping the same rewards. Incredible yeah, that's, news. That's... Like, it's still, like, a niche thing within the game, but it, it, doing a Mega Hive is the easiest way to get exotic gear, I think. And mm-hmm. cutting that requirement in half is pretty huge because I think we talked about it last week or maybe the week before that um, we were thinking maybe there's, like, eight uh, hives you have to go through. Maybe, like, yeah. taking two of those off or... Maybe having eight hives still, but making the floor requirements like lesser in some regard. But cutting it in half, I don't think either of us expected. Yeah, like... Because uh, I, I remember they said they wanted to cut complete, like the time to complete in half, and we didn't know how they would go about that. Like, making the objectives be things that you can achieve faster, straight up cutting out floors. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, I think the cutting floors seems like the right answer it's the simple straightforward one and you're right like having a more guaranteed way or the same guaranteed way to get exotics just faster is just very good especially for people who want to be chasing gear even if it's not super exciting gear but like 
the exotics are always going to be the best. So being able to run that, being able to find a more perfect build for my Thor to really get him to be a god is just a good news for everybody, I think. So Yeah, I actually jumped in to do one of the hives of the eight mega hive and i was like man this takes forever (laughs) just uh, doing one hive takes quite some time it's like four or five six floors whatever it is Um, and you have to do that eight times so yeah cutting that in half good stuff yeah especially because you have to do it with like the way it works you can only you can't die right you or something like that like i haven't done it since i completed it the first time and i've only finished it once and i've sworn it off but this is getting me excited and it is nice to know like you mentioned the update will affect us when we play together because this modification isn't going to apply to the standard single player mega hive in the game currently and the upcoming multiplayer mega hive so it's not going to be longer if you're playing with your friends most likely it will go by faster unless they're scaling it to have more enemies spawns or whatever but overall i think this is just very good news yeah totally good news so exciting stuff um what's not so exciting though is a conversation that truly lives up to the segment title of stark realities so (laughs) wait real quick when you chose that stark realities was that in a negative connotation or just a nice way to have um you know this segment name because it for more more often than not it does it has come down to a negative connotation, which I think is hilarious. So I, it was a lot of things, right? Like I played probably like, I think I played like 15 to 20 hours, maybe more of the beta. And I played Stark Realities a lot. Um, and week one, when I was writing the, the show notes, right? The, the, just the structure of it all. I wanted a segment where we were like, okay, we can address the bugs here. We can talk about the problems. We can just get real for a second because I know we are both enjoying it, but there are some serious things that will probably have to just be discussed. I didn't think it was going to be a weekly topic, <laughs> like a weekly segment. I thought it was going to be like, oh, you know, once in a while, there's maybe some conversation that we don't want to have, but we should have. Uh, there's been something every week <laughs> since, yeah. since launch, but it just kind of worked out. Great name good job yeah thank you gear 2.0 is not what we think it is uh this is a conversation that the community has been having on and off in some capacity since gear 2.0 was announced because we never really got good insight into what gear 2.0 was there's obviously an expectation that's introduced when you hear gear 2.0 um looking at the state of gear in the game since launch it being lackluster but thanks to the dev streams that have been happening mostly every friday you know give or take a couple for uh instances where there's an event or a presentation coming up um the cd i was the cd project red crystal dynamics uh has given some more insight into gear 2.0 to set expectations in the previous weeks most of it is tempering of like hey, all the changes coming to Gear 2.0 are going to be incremental. There's not going to be a singular moment where a switch is flipped and it's a completely reworked system, which 
I think there's a lot of stuff to say about this, but hearing that, Jack, seeing the title, Gear 2.0, hearing that it's not going to be a flip of a switch, what does this set your expectations as? Are you disappointed by hearing this? What's up with you? Yeah, I'm I'm very disappointed by this um, because we had a we had a conversation about the potential of a sequel for this, or if Avengers Marvel's Avengers would just be the one live service uh, Avengers game. And now this really kind of just makes me want a sequel over more content being added to this game after Black Panther. Um, I I just think there are so many changes that need to be made to the core foundation of this game. And I think gear was a big part of the system that needs to be changed because it's just not fun. And that's for like a looter shooter, or I guess just a looter for this game. That's pretty much the drive. You go in, you try and get gear to spec out your heroes and make them better. And that's supposed to be the most engaging part of the game. And it's just not right now. Like, I really don't care about gear whatsoever. And I'm sure the changes will be good going forward, but... The fact that a big sweeping system level change of gear isn't coming just makes me less excited about the future in a way for this game and just pushes me towards the fact that I, I would rather have a sequel um, that just builds upon this game even more and learns from the lessons uh, and the failures in some regard of this game. And I think gear is a big part of, of that. What about you? Yeah, I mean... I, I knew the gear in this game was never going to be like a Destiny, which is when I hear of like a looter or gear thing, I Destiny's the gold standard in my eyes because with Destiny, like, yeah, you have your heroics, essentially, like you do in Avengers, but your attacks are your gear, you know? Like, my Sunshot hand cannon is very different from uh ace of spades which is a standard hand cannon you know like there are very different ways that i can play the game depending on which hand cannon i use and in terms of just guns there's like hand cannons smgs uh sidearms snipers shotguns uh scout like there's so much stuff in there that can make gameplay varied and what's weird about avengers is that I do think there is varied gameplay, right? Because you play Hawkeye, you play Iron Man, you play Hulk, you're going to have a completely different experience, different things to enjoy about it. And I think that is, besides the campaign, that is the game's strength. And I knew gear was never going to be that influential on, like, a active level. So the whole, like, passive buffs sort of thing... I don't necessarily have a problem with, but I do think that gear doesn't feel exciting. And for a looter, you need to find a way to make it exciting. I think finding a way to make it exciting is still achievable within its this release. I don't think we need a sequel to make it exciting, but I just don't know how you would do that. Um, and hearing that it's going to be more incremental, it's like, okay, I'm not going to hope too much for anything um wild out of gear 2.0 whenever we officially reach the 2.0 mark but yeah if they just keep adding like new skill trees honestly or just keep adding new characters that play well and give some more cool earnable looks for the characters i don't even know if i'd care about gear 
at all in the game. I really don't at the moment. And I, I want to ask you this. Like, if both of us have put probably at least well over 200 hours into this game by now. Do you, like, think a secondary Gear 2.0 that we envisioned it would be when hearing the name Gear 2.0, would that make you double your hour count? Or, like, would that make you play more if you've already put all this time into it? I don't think it would double my count but i i think it would have if it like turned out to be what we expected which i'm sure it wouldn't have because <laughs> that's how our expectations go with this game but um i think it would have made the the base of going through a mission and like getting gear i think that would just be more fun and i think it would make the game and, and i already jo- enjoyed the game enough as it is mm-hmm. um but i think gear like this game was built around being a looter and I think in a large in a large respect, it sort of failed at that, and it's just not engaging in that regard to the way you just described Destiny, which seems to have much more of an engaging loop to it, and is probably an unfair comparison because Destiny has had years to work on that and is probably the gold standard for looters. But still, um, I just don't think Avengers capitalized on that genre as well as it could have, and it just makes me think of like. This just furthers my idea of wanting a sequel because I feel like the I would just want them to drop the looter aspect of a sequel and go more on uh, multiplayer and all that. But if gear is just not working right now, then just scrap that the idea of gear in the sequel and just start a new base because the base of this game is being a looter and I just don't think it works very well. Yeah, I, I'd i love to have a conversation with someone who has experience in the looter genre outside of Destiny. Because, like, Destiny is really my only place I can check in to have some sort of say on this genre. Like, I played a little Borderlands, but Borderlands, again, it's just the guns. And I don't think there's armor gear that you can get to modify your characters significantly. Um, but I wanna, like, I'd want to talk to a big Diablo fan. Right, because like Mm. Diablo, from my very little knowledge of it, I don't think has like a staff you can get that uh, you can toggle that into your weapon slot versus a wand, and that's going to make differences with how you play your character. Right, I do think, from my understanding, Diablo is class based the way this game kind of is of like your heroes being a class, where instead of this game's Captain America, Diablo 3 has a monk, you know, and the monk has powers and skills you can earn from progressing through playing the game, and then gear in Diablo, which is the true gold standard, right? I just don't have experience with it. But gear in Diablo, I, to my understanding, is just buffs and debuffs and increased cooldowns and things like that, the way that this game's gear approaches that. So I just, like... I'm having a hard time finding a way to articulate what I find lackluster about this game's gear, but we're all on the same page about it being lackluster, you know? Yeah, and I just read uh, <laughs> Paul Tassi's article. I think it was either today or yesterday. Um, and he sounds very similar to how the Avengers subreddit sounds. Like, he's very much like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. I, I'm not convinced that it's going to last past... Uh, Black Panther, and I think I think he mentioned that gear wasn't getting a substantial 
uh, rework, and that was part of his reason. Like, for gear to be so important to this game and just not be fun is very disappointing. Um, and, like, I <laughs> I would just love a God of War-esque gear system uh, from the recent God of War where you just earn uh, different, like, gear sets and you apply them and you, like, imagine if, like, the Mark... 85 had a certain like it's good against like cryo enemies and then Mm -hmm. a different iron man suit is good against like fire enemies or something and you just go in and it's very situational based and like that that to me sounds like a really good system um that does not sound like it would be it could be implemented into this game that just screams a sequel to me and i i know i keep hammering at home but that's 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 what i really want at this point because I feel like that is the opportunity for this game to find some really good new life. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. And the example you gave is, I think, a good avenue to go down. Because earlier when you were talking about bringing up sequel for the first time, I was thinking of Ghost of Tsushima, right? Um, specifically Legends, the multiplayer mode. And in Ghost, all four classes play mostly the same like there's an archer like everybody has a bow but the archer is just better at using a bow uh everyone has a katana like they all play very similarly and it's their abilities tied to the class that are slightly different and those are like your heroics and gear in that game is interesting because it's tied to like hey, you can get a moon stance katana, so you can only use it in moon stance, so you'll be really effective against this, like, the brute. Uh, when the brute shows up in the raid or the survival mode, like, that's your dude to take down because that's what your gear's set on. And I really love that system in a multiplayer setting, but I don't know like story-wise or contextually how you can make that system fit around the avengers who they are their powers you know like it's it's not a a situation that i think is an easy thing to get out of i don't i think it's very hit or miss like we see several marvel games that don't hit but yeah i don't know i feel like at the end of the day if gear two point or sorry if the gear in this game in general were just was just gone and progression worked the same way just without gear do you think it would be even significantly different than it is right now not i guess not really because we like you and i already don't pay attention to gear we have the gear we got and anytime i get new new gear i just don't look at it anymore because i think it's overwhelming and most of the time i'm scrapping it and if you just had perk slots i think that would probably just work very similarly um Mm -hmm. But I think, like I said, like that's the base of this game, and it's just not fun. And I don't know. E- even like taking it away wouldn't. I-, I feel like that wouldn't even do too much. Sure. Either you know. Uh, I mean, s- subbing in perk slots, I think, would be an interesting solution. Where, um, again, ghosts, uh, your weapons and gear you earn have perks that you can reroll by um, dismantling gear you earn for materials to re-roll them to get the stat you want and i think that would be an interesting solution um and honestly 
if that was what was in the game right now, if tomorrow we woke up, the gear was gone, and it was just, like, three perks per character that you can use resources on to roll and try and get the one you want, like, I don't know if it would be significantly different of a experience as, like, playing the game and noticing what's different, right? Because the gear doesn't show up on your character. The gear, uh, when it drops, it's who knows what it's going to be you know recently they made some changes so it's higher level characters get higher level drops but you know like it just it just feels inconsequential at the end of the day and i could see a world where just they put it on life support and they flesh out skill trees for another year of support for this game but i could also see a world where they make the hard cut after a war for wakanda like you're saying so yeah that it I feel like the, the, the idea of not having gear 2.0 also just makes me worried for the future of this game because it, it doesn't sound like any huge systematic rework is coming aside from gear 2.0. Um, and there are some things that, that I think need to be changed in this game um, that just doesn't seem like that's coming. And the base of this game is good, but I don't know. I, I think it needs some major reworks that would... Uh, get people back in and i don't know if, if those are coming past yeah. war for wakanda sure uh my my final question i have for you uh do you think you like the gear grind like if you think if it was better if it was more in line with what you hear people talk about for destiny or even the division do you think you'd like that loop yeah um i remember playing destiny one and it was at launch so i'm sure it's very different but even still, I liked I liked going after the higher numbers, and um, I feel like that system was even back in two thousand fourteen was a little bit more clear than um, the Avengers is right now, and more rewarding too. More rewarding, yeah, and yeah, it was there were more cosmetic uh, items associated with gear, and it was <laughs> there weren't like three paragraphs of text you had to read for each item, you know. So yeah, I I do like the idea of a looter. I just don't think it was I just don't I don't like how that base was used for this game and squandered in a large part. Sure. Well, we'll see what changes come in the near future. We'll see what's announced at uh, the Screenix presents this Sunday. As a reminder, uh, Jack and I alongside Kevin Diaz will be reacting to it, watching the panel presentation live on youtube.com slash joyclicks where the video version of this podcast is hosted so if you want to tune in for that sunday uh, i will pull up the time by the end of the episode so we can just give another reminder at the end but we'll see what awaits and uh, you can watch along with us and hang out in the chat so be there for it but meanwhile we have one primer news story to lead into our big mcu discussion this week uh, Loki, the newest addition to the MCU, has the largest view count for episode one of all the Marvel shows so far. Jack, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's huge. Um, I was seeing a lot of people speculate like why that is. And the best one that I saw uh, was someone on my Twitter saying it wasn't. It it could be the popularity of Loki over those uh, other characters of Wanda, but I also think Captain America was probably draw in a lot of people um but they were saying that 
it's probably WandaVision drew people in, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier drew people into Disney Plus, and then they retained their memberships, and now they have Loki, which makes a whole lot of sense to me, and I think that's great. I feel like WandaVision started off the um, Disney Plus MCU verse in a way very well, mm-hmm. um, got people a lot of intrigued with uh, the the formatting of you know releasing shows weekly again um and then sticking through it with loki so this is huge yeah and i i think you nailed it you know that recap uh, makes sense as time goes on more people will grow into the being subscribers i'm sure the people who did sub for wandavision stuck around to watch other marvel stuff and then uh, i i think the content strategy rollout they have is kind of ingenious we've almost had marvel mcu stuff every week so if you're making a subscription service especially people who are paying monthly like suckers like me who didn't hop on that three-year subscription that you swooped up last year like oh yeah that's how you keep them you know so totally very interesting stuff i'm sure let's do this then uh the next marvel show is either ms marvel or hawkeye right Mm mm-hmm do you think episode one of that series will have a higher view count than Loki? Because we've been on an upward swing. Trajectory-wise, we're just growing for episode one of Wanda, uh, Captain America, and now Loki. Do you think it continues to grow for the next episode premiere? I'll say yes. Um, because either one of those characters, uh, just like how Captain Marvel was important and just like how Black Panther was important, um, mm-hmm. It means a lot to women because you mm-hmm. either, you're either going to have the Hawkeye show um, featuring Kate Bishop or you're going to have Ms. Marvel. So there's that whole aspect of it uh, as well as, like what you said, the growing part of, you know, retaining these subscribers, even though it will be a long time between Loki and um, whatever show ends up being next. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that you retain that. So, yeah, I, I do think that it will probably be uh, a bigger launch than Loki, which is cool. Sure. And for those that are angry, I forgot this. I'm not counting what if. What if is a different beast, you know? Like, yeah. That I don't know how many people are subscribing for what if. I'm sure there will be some, but... That's like a, that's like a dessert. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's move on to the main course, shall we? We're doing it <laughs> backwards today. Loki, episode one um glorious purpose excellent title oh yeah so as we did with falcon and the winter soldier as we did with wandavision we'll start out spoiler free uh this is on wednesday now so it's probably even trickier for people to get caught up on it uh when it immediately drops but we'll do our best to avoid spoilers for the first few moments general impressions jack episode one of loki series premiere what do you think yeah i I think it did a really great job of setting up the next five episodes of this show. Um, I was going to be, and I feel like the majority of the audience would be very confused by what was going on with uh, time and all that in this particular show, but they took the time for 50 minutes to explain what was happening, give you all the answers you need to know, um, and also set up Loki in a way that you it is believable to follow him over the next five episodes. So I think the premise of the show is really cool, and I am really interested to get more in-depth of Loki's character. Um, so yeah, I think this is a great episode. Uh, what about you, Christian? Yeah, I was a big fan of it. I 
I've always liked Loki. I think there's a lot of room for him to grow even still after Ragnarok and sort of getting a a reset in a way on him is exciting because we get to see maybe him go down a different path or maybe get to the same place we saw him in Ragnarok. And I think episode one sets up a lot of those questions really well in terms of setting the tone, uh, finding a focus and a direction. I think this is the strongest episode one out of all the three shows so far um, where I think WandaVision was really interesting and we were all really freaked out what the hell's going on and Falcon the Winter Soldier was like hey this is getting back in the groove with Marvel Loki feels distinct in a way that Falcon didn't out the gate and WandaVision did it feels focused it feels like we're not going to have a million questions every week but there is a mystery behind it all and I think it was a very, very strong episode one. Yeah, so. absolutely. And to, to your point about it being distinct, I love how this and WandaVision feel like they're in the MCU, for sure, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also just feel like total, something totally different that we haven't seen before. And I love how the shows are taking that approach. And I this is just another example like WandaVision where this is something new and it feels great. Yeah, and... Not to just bring out the the parade and praising the Marvel Studios, but like this is their like twenty fifth project, right? Maybe twenty sixth, and we're having this conversation right now. Like, oh, it feels like it fits in perfectly, but it's just such a unique idea. It's really cool. Like that's still impressive to me. So. Yeah, and you could you could say that um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like standard Marvel fare, and that's totally fine. Um, mm-hmm still was a really great show but yeah i i'm i'm loving the very unique approaches to dealing with characters and dealing with this is the first time we're really delving into a villain as the main character and that is so interesting in the fact that we've already gotten a lot of you know character development with that character and in a way that has regressed because of where we find loki uh but at the same time that's always been there and yeah oh man it's a really great opening to this uh, to this season. Yeah, so we'll dip into spoilers now. Uh, I want to start with something you just said of just highlighting a villain, right? Because I think in the Loki we've experienced so far, it's very clear that he did a lot of bad things and he eventually redeemed himself by the end of Ragnarok and Infinity War and he just sort of found his way. I think it's really, really interesting how we're opening up with multiverses and everything because it gives us an opportunity to take a character we all know and love and allow them to maybe experience an abridged version of that character growth but in an impactful way and set them up to be someone completely different because what took, let's say, Prime Loki, the one we've seen in the movie so far, what took Prime Loki a couple films close to a decade to achieve of realizing he's actually not a villain. He just is really messed up. Insecure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In episode one of this show, we get Loki from 10 years ago, having to accept that about himself because of Owen Wilson and his cool time magic. And by the end of this episode, we feel like, or at least I felt that Loki's in a place where, he's been humbled the way he was by the end of Ragnarok and I'm curious to see a younger Loki who has 
reach that realization, what's next for him, you know? Yeah, totally. And yeah, through the conversation with Owen, uh, with um, Mobius, Owen Wilson's character, mm-hmm. he like just lights out that he everything that he did in the Avengers and before that was because he was insecure. Um, and I really liked having him. I know like some people sort of gave this aspect flack, but I feel like it's a good refresher and it's a good thing. It's a good aspect for Loki's character, but him looking through like his past and his future, um, the, the highlight reel essentially. And I really enjoyed how he looked at um, his scenes with Thor and essentially like all he wanted was to be Thor's equal. And for him to see that, for him to realize that um, is I think going to go a long way for his, for his character in this particular show. And I, I don't feel like, he watched that and he's like, okay, now I'm Loki from Ragnarok. But right. I think he has a, an, an understanding of his potential the same way that Mobius probably saw that reel and realized the, the potential of Loki if he just was more reflective about himself. Yeah, like th- what took, I'm not going to do the math. Let's say what took six years for him to shed that ego, I think at this point, like, the ego has been shed, you know? He's still not perfect. He's not at a point where he is in Ragnarok, where he's ready to be selfless and be, like, a hero, I'd say. But the the hang-ups he has, he checked him at the door when he went back into that room, you know, and he saw the rest of that stuff, and he's going to leave him there, I think, because we can still grow beyond that, but just it's an interesting point where it doesn't feel like we're uh, regressing with him, because he made that realization that he has in Ragnarok, you know? Like, you're right, it's not the same character with the same ideals and morals yet, but the triggering point for him in the prime Loki character arc, uh, we've seen it now. So what's next? How long does it take? You know, I think that's what's exciting about it, because in a way, we're picking up where we left off with Loki, having that realization of what he could be, but we're also going to see, like, if he could do it differently, what would he do? And I think that's really exciting. That's true. I also really like the idea that, um, I think it was Owen Wilson who was saying this to him. I'm never going to call him Mobius. I'm always going to just call him Owen Wilson. Um, just throwing that out there. Uh, but he was like, you're, you, you weren't supposed to be, like, the main hero of this. You were always supposed to be a motivator for other people to achieve greatness. And they, then they showed the Avengers. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is a really good... And I, I just love how the MCU uses TV shows to delve into character psyches, and they're totally doing that with this show. Um, for this show to just give Loki the motivation to become the hero, I feel. Like, this is his opportunity to be the main character, quite literally. Um, mm-hmm. And to just go through that and the, the trials he'll go through in the show. So, yeah. it's it, it's I just feel like this is a really good setup to... I'm, I'm interested to see what his character looks like by the end of the show compared to where we found him um at the beginning of infinity war yeah absolutely and we touched on it briefly but like yeah very emotional episode uh i low-key is not like the right term for it but it's very personal and intimate right because a lot of the episode is just him accepting this world seeing all these things and then talking a lot right there's not much excitement behind it there is that sort of mini chase throughout the the tva but like 
a lot of it really takes place in that room and is introspective for him. So I, I did appreciate that a lot. And I didn't have a problem with him watching all the events that he lived through and will live through. I just thought it was funny that it's like, that's exactly how we saw it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just watching the movie, you know? Like, I thought that was a little funny. Like, the same camera angles, the same yeah. <laughs> delivery. Like, I thought that was a little funny. Obviously, they're not going to reshoot all those things, but uh, th- there could have been a plasma screen TV there, you know, with just a Blu-ray sure. running it inside of it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I-, I also didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, TVA because this seems to be the big driving force of this series. It's very weird. Uh, what was your initial impression of seeing it, like seeing the the offices and seeing the way the the uh, culture is there? I guess so. Immediately, my thought was. This is fully operational 1970s Aperture Laboratories from Portal 2 Mm, um, with the oranges and the browns. And it just looks, it has that aesthetic from the 1970s. Mm -hmm. And the TVA is just one of those, it it strikes me as one of those organizations that just does weird things like what you mentioned. And Aperture obviously was, you know, doing some weird experiments. But um, yeah, the vibe of, of TVA was just, super strange and funny in a lot of ways with the, the dude from the Mandalorian uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> who was like the receptionist. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's really cool. I, I thought it was crazy how Loki found himself in two and 2012 Loki finds himself um, immediately after like the height of his power and then going to uh, this organization that immediately uh, takes control of him. And that was really cool to see. For sure, yeah. Just you know, like coming off of working for Thanos, you know, and just yeah, uh, getting stripped down, literally. Uh, very interesting for his character. Um, I also I do like the way that it doesn't seem like it's super busy, and like you get the vibe that like people don't hate their job, but they're just like tired maybe, and nothing phases them. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, compared to just how ridiculous it is. Uh, they did make it, like, props to the set design. I think it looks very cozy, but also very boring in a way that I think is fun. Uh, not like the office boring, but, like, there's a warmth to it that I do like. Um, and part of that weirdness comes from Miss Minutes, correct? Yep, the uh, the mascot. Yes, the, the Fallout-esque uh, time uh pocket watch that is uh narrating what the tva does how they work uh i watched this section like three times because they dump a lot on you at this point <laughs> yeah they mentioned like a multiverse war that happened and then the the uh timekeeper stepped in and created the tva and established the the sacred timeline which by the way i think that's hilarious of just the sacred timeline is just a fourth wall breaking thing to call the mcu like that's just the the normal timeline and we're just calling it the sacred timeline now i think that's great yeah so in this sequence there's a couple things jack that's making me think that i don't know if you were already thinking this but i do i think dr strange multiverse of madness is going to be 
as impactful on the MCU as Civil War was. Mm. Because, like, Civil War set up, like, two Avengers movies, led to all the, the stuff with the blip. Like, Civil War, in hindsight, left way more waves than it felt like at the time. And thanks to WandaVision, Wanda being a Nexus being, the Scarlet Witch, uh, Loki coming a couple months later, referencing a Nexus event that will create a diversion in the timeline, which creates variants, uh, which is a, a no-no for the timekeepers because it'll bring back the multiverse. It really feels like we're building to a point, especially like the rumors of Spider-Man No Way Home and what Multiverse of Madness it's very tight-lipped right now. Like, I think Multiverse of Madness is going to be gigantic for this the direction of where we go next. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just thinking that this is predicting of where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Like, we will... Uh, Miss Minutes was like, oh, yeah, they prevented um, a multiverse war, um, and they created the TBA to prevent another one so i we're, i think we're just gonna get another one and the, i'm not the only person to have said this this is not a, my idea but if uh phase one through three is the infinity saga then i have a feeling the next saga we find ourselves in will be the multiverse saga and that which is really is, cool which is very interesting yeah and i wonder i think there might be more to ralph boner also you know maybe because like Jamie Foxx, Electro, could be a Ralph Boner scenario. Mm. You know, maybe not like he's just a joke, but like he is Electro the way that Ralph Boner was super speedy. Sure. So like, I don't know, man. I think there's a chance we could see Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> I, I remember after Endgame being like, I, I just did not want to see the multiverse dealt with because I felt like it would bring up too many different uh, confusions but the way that they're handling it this way with them focusing like a war and like trying to vie for the sacred timeline that has me intrigued yeah for sure so i want to ask you then also because there's the timekeepers who created the tva right mm-hmm. uh multiverse of madness implies many things uh hectic uh, the multiverse actually comes to fruition, so the TVA uh, failed. I'm imagining the timekeepers also failed. So, if there's a multiverse of madness, let's say Wanda like erases the timekeepers by accident or something. Doctor Strange now no longer has the time stone. Does he ascend <laughs> to become a timekeeper? That's a good point. That's a good point. Right, because like I feel like. You, you nailed it, right? They are exactly predicting where we're going, I think. Like, all these things are very important, I think, to the future. They're not going to be a quick throwaway aside the way some stuff in WandaVision was. Yeah, so. like, I'm wondering if if Loki, the show, sets up a Nexus event. Because, like, that seems like it would be something in the far distant future, like maybe in Doctor Strange. But also at the same time, there it, it it appears that Loki and the TVA are trying to hunt down another Loki variant to prevent a Nexus event, and maybe that is unsuccessful, and that mm-hmm. begins this multiverse saga. Um, but I don't know. That'd be cool. 
Yeah. So I, I definitely think in the coming weeks we will be comparing a lot to some of the later episodes of WandaVision, uh, trying to draw some comparisons. I've already seen it happening. Um, I did. Uh, I was watching this with Kayla, and in that intro scene with Owen Wilson's uh, introduction, right, in the church, there was the little kid who pointed out the stained glass. So they were like, oh, who did this? And then it was a picture of a devil. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> Mephisto, it's going to be back every fucking week. I'm, not, I'm sick of it already, but... Yeah. They they did confirm that Mephisto is not on this show. Yes, thankfully. But that you know it's not going to stop these theorists. <laughs> no. I did hear, I think it was Jeremy Johns who was like, oh, they, that image was probably drawn after Loki's horns. And yeah. people just thought he looked like the devil, which is cool. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, there were a couple other Easter eggs I've seen people discussing a lot. Do you want to hit those first before we get to the end of the episode? Yeah, you, you tell me these because I, I don't think I um, I picked up on these. Okay, so again, Loki's introducing a lot of time stuff. Uh, people are likewise looking back to Avengers Endgame, the movie that introduced time travel to the universe. And it introduced it in its own weird, distinct way. I've seen a lot, Jack, a lot of people uh, commenting on the way time is discussed and portrayed in this first episode to the scene with the Ancient One talking about the, uh, the, the main timeline spewing off your remember an Infinity Stone. That's a variant, and then it all goes to shit, right? So... I haven't seen it enough times to understand the comparisons that are being drawn to that scene, uh, but she absolutely, she draws a main timeline, and then sp- it removes an Infinity Stone, and then one spews off the way that the Nexus event in the Miss Minutes video affects things. Right, and they, they talk about, there's like posters on the walls of the TVA wanting to clip the branches, mm-hmm. um, and sort of cut the, those off and prevent them from doing some damage and messing with the sacred timeline yes so people are speculating that maybe the tva isn't being completely honest maybe they have a bit more ulterior motives because the ancient one when she was talking about creating a a branching timeline she said it's like going to be doomed horrible things are going to happen so we know now the people that would correct it is the tva so like i don't know if that's something to keep in mind um but we also learned that the Avengers going back in time and fixing everything was part of the main timeline. So there's like a bubble. Like the Avengers Endgame stuff happened in a... The loop that happened in Avengers Endgame is a small enough loop that it does not go outside the boundaries of the main timeline, if that makes sense. Yeah, it... The way I think of it, it was that it was just supposed to happen. That was always supposed to happen. Yes, and I've seen people taking issue with that. Logistics, this is, for the people who like throwing plot holes around, this is an inconsistency. This would not be a plot hole. So, like, it's a conversation that I don't think is fully developed yet. We'll definitely get there. But the reason for a lot of that discourse I've seen is because of Captain America. You know, like, why did Steve Rogers get to go back and live a time, a life with Peggy in the prime timeline, the sacred timeline, with no consequences? The conversation leading to, 
it was always meant to happen when we were watching um, The Winter Soldier. There was an old Captain America who was married to Peggy, who was just hiding somewhere. Yeah. So that's what's being implied now. There are a lot of people that don't like that. And I think that's where some of it stems, but... I think the writers, or maybe the directors of Endgame, were like, nah, there was never a second Steve, but all signs point to that, right? Of them not showing her husband uh, from Winter Soldier or Civil War in, like, any photos or whatever, so... Yeah, I, I, I think if you think more about the TVA, then it's just going to lead you down that hole of, when, well, why didn't they show up here? Or why didn't show up there? Yeah. In my, my head is just the simplest explanation is that everything was supposed to happen. And if they show yes. up, it wasn't supposed to happen. I don't know the rules. Maybe, like what you said, we do find out some more concrete rules. Um, and even, um, I, don't, I forget the character's name, but the woman who had Loki on trial, she was like, it's it's more than just good and bad or right and wrong. There's more nuance to it. And like, obviously Thanos happened and that's clearly bad, but that was technically supposed to happen. Um, so yeah, I wonder, I wonder if we get any uh, more, more insight into what does that even mean? So what, what's things that are supposed to happen, things that aren't supposed to happen. Yeah. And I've seen also a conversation of people like being upset. Like, why should we be invested at this point if everything that happens is supposed to happen? But like that to me is the same kind of complaint of like, well, why doesn't Batman just give money to Gotham? It's like, man, there's no story that way. Like, what do you want? Like, yes, he's probably not a great person for being a full-blown philanthropist. Like, there's a reason that we have to have events a certain way to tell a story in them. I understand. But, like, I think if you want to be upset about something, be upset that Loki's not dead dead. But even then, I think it's warranted. We're already doing new, cool, exciting things with this character in the world, so. Yeah. And to me, it's interesting, like, from a religious background, it's just predestination. um, (laughs) And that sort of idea. So that's interesting to me, and... Um, some people thinking that uh, pre- predestination or destiny is a thing and like you're there's always some, there's sp- something that you're supposed to do you just sort of don't realize it or uh, free choice and yeah just the, the idea of both of those things is is interesting to me yeah and I really love that that was the main topic in the background of this episode just as the undercurrent because that the title of the episode glorious purpose is pulled from that speech that loki gives where he's talking about like freedom being life's greatest lie so like he gets pulled into this and he's upset that he doesn't have the freedom to make choices of how his life plays out but that's what he wanted to take away from people i really loved that they didn't really like directly make that comparison but i i'm glad that that's sort of the main beat that we are focusing on with him to sort of get him to listen Mm -hmm. uh that was really cool but I, I mean, I know you were on top of the theories for WandaVision. Do you think you're going to be doing that weekly for Loki? Probably not because um, I don't like how some of the, like, the breakdowns and stuff sort of teased upcoming things and sort of painted my expectations in a way. So I'm, I'm probably not going to be following along as much as I did for WandaVision just because I like to go into things fresh and not have any, um, you know, any thoughts that aren't my own personally. Sure, yeah. Um, that being said, I did see somebody say in the background, uh, 
when Loki first uses the teleporter and he gets thrown into that hallway mm-hmm. and he's like looking around in the background we see one of those uh blurry time doors open and a tva member walks through with a woman who looks suspiciously like peggy carter so i've seen people saying again is that a consequence is that the agent carter peggy carter because now that show maybe not be canon like (laughs) (laughs) and kevin foggy's like sorry we gotta gotta get you out of here yeah man what if what if uh daredevil uh, yeah, what if Matt Murdock, what if Charlie Cox shows up? Like, the rumors are true. He's back in the MCU, but he just gets taken by the, the TVA. Oh, <laughs> it's man. like, no, no, no. You gotta clip uh, the, the branches, and that's yeah. that's a branch. So. <laughs> You're not part of the sacred timeline anymore. <laughs> oh, man. That's, um, what a great, like, fourth wall breaking thing to just, sorry. Yeah, the Sam Raimi trilogy, not part of the sacred timeline. Until it is. Yeah, Kevin Feige was smiling when he saw that line. He's like, oh, the sacred timeline, the one yeah. I'm in charge of. I'm the timekeeper, <laughs> aren't I? Uh, yeah, there's a, man, there's a lot in this episode. Like, I think the most impressive thing for both of us sounds like it was the character growth, but there's a lot of wacky, weird shit that could be spewed off in a million different ways, like, that could have implications for things, that could just be fun Easter eggs, like... Outside of what we discussed so far, was there any other major standouts for you aside from the ending tease of the second Loki? Yes, uh, I really loved the music of the show. I think it was a really good balance of, like, I feel like a lot of the reason, aside from the visuals and just having an organization that does some pretty uh, questionable things, I feel like the reason I thought of Aperture Laboratories was because the music sounded very Portal-esque in a way, like when they were when Loki was looking out at the the city surrounding the TVA, um, there were some really interesting uh, music choices there. But also, it was a really good combination of that and some more like Thor sounding music when they when he was looking at the the highlight reel of his life. So yeah, I think the the music was really on point in this uh, in this episode. Yeah, I agree. It was emotional when it needed to be, and it definitely helped define that uh the vibe we were talking about earlier for the tva totally uh also very quickly uh the db cooper joke bit was very funny i thought like you lost a bet to thor and that's why the myth of db cooper was created yeah that was good and yeah and it perfectly explains uh what happened with uh with db cooper of of (laughs) loki being db and then just getting sucked away and the real life db cooper no one knows what happened to him but Turns out he was just an Asgard the whole time. So that's, yeah, really funny. Good bit. Uh, so let's talk about uh, this other variant of Loki that is existing, truly being the god of mischief right now. Uh, a third Loki, technically. Hmm. Uh, it is heavily rumored, I think, that this is Lady Loki, because I think we knew as one of the pitches or maybe even an official casting thing, that Lady Loki was going to be part of the show. We were going to be getting a lot of multiverse, alternate reality things of certain things we're familiar with. But Loki in the comics is, and Norse mythology, is uh, gender fluid. So whatever he feels like being, he will be. Um, I think the way they might 
end up justifying is that like this is Loki from like two hundred years ago when Loki was a woman. I don't know, but okay. do you, do you think that it could be anything else? Um, I think it is probably Lady Loki, like what you were saying. Also, there was a trailer that looked like Loki was talking to Black Widow, and everyone was like, no, that's probably Lady Loki. So that's just where my head is at as well. Um, when you put this in the doc, it made me think that, like, I know we're getting a Loki season two. I don't mm-hmm. know if Tom Hiddleston's coming back. I don't know if that's confirmed. Um, if it's not, it's very possible. There's been a lot of uh, torch passing in the MCU. It's very possible that the character of Loki remains the same and we have a new actor or actress playing that character and that we could see that potentially from season one to season two. Interesting. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, that could be cool. I'm really interested to see them have a scene together at some point. Like, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of, like, join me, me, and we can, like, become the, the most powerful god of all and have that sort of uh pull for him to go back to where he was at the beginning in like 2012 but definitely curious to see where we go with this because uh it's a cool concept and six episodes i imagine there won't be any filler um if this first episode is anything anything to judge by but yeah overall really strong first episode and a lot of really exciting things for the mcu and the character of loki so do you have any final words any final thoughts to run through for this episode yeah uh like what owen wilson said um i want to see more mischief from loki Mm. he was like oh (laughs) all this is like just sort of violent i haven't seen a lot of mischief from you um i would love to see i mean you got a whole show dedicated to the character i would love to see some some interesting uses of his powers and what he what he does to define himself as the god of mischief and we saw it like a little bit this is even still more violent but with lady loki or whoever the loki was at the very end of the episode um set a trap of oil and then everyone thought uh, they were just using it to get rich and going back in time and tricked him and set him on fire um so it doesn't have to be as violent as that but you know a nice, maybe a nice face swap like what we saw with uh, Cap in uh, Thor or Thor: The Dark World, um, or you know, something more elaborate would be uh, would be really cool. Definitely, yeah, I, I think that's a great point, and I hopefully, you know, Loki can absolutely be playful, and I think he's been pretty comedic in a lot of his appearances so far. So more of that would be great as well. Um, I I really liked how he played off of Owen Wilson. Honestly, like that was surprising me, and I know some people have been saying like, "Oh yeah, they're people who have seen the show already." Like a couple episodes of the show have really been selling their relationship. So excited to see more of that. I do hope by the time we see credits in episode six and that post credits, I hope we get at least get one. Wow! But <laughs> we need a wow. Wow. Will we get a kachow? We certainly won't get a kachow, but uh, a wow, I think, is is um is very reasonable that's a reasonable request sure because like people say wow you know it doesn't have to be it can be a subtle one but just just a wow just a wow i i think we will like even just like a you know wow can't believe you did that you know something like that yeah i what i'm really hoping for is that loki does uh some that cool hologram thing that he always does and owen wilson's just not impressed and he's just like wow (laughs) that would be great 
That's what I hope for. That's uh, good fan service right there. Oh, absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to uh, leave off on with Owen Wilson was we have another instance in this household of a Robert California situation mm. where uh, someone who will remain nameless right now, but you, if you know, you know, um, sees Owen Wilson acting and just sees Jedediah, the tiny cowboy from Night at the Museum. <laughs> That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, but yeah, overall, great first episode. Nice. So, uh, that is episode one of Loki. That is the final pre-E3 thing. I did check for sure the Square Enix show for Marvel's Avengers is 12.15 Pacific and 3.15 Eastern. We'll probably be live, uh, I'd imagine, at least 15 minutes before that happens. So, um, look forward to that. Once again, if you want to hang out and watch what's new for Marvel's Avengers and see that Guardians of the Galaxy game, uh, are we going to have to do a rebranding? TBD, we'll see. But uh, Jack, in the meantime, where can everybody find you? Sure, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Fascinated Jack, um, and I'm very excited for this show to be for the Guardians of Galaxy to just kick the Avengers out of the way and just take Oof. over Excelsior. I'm excited. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, and yeah, next week we'll be back with a recap of the Square Enix presentation as well as episode two of Loki. Uh, but in the meantime, like we mentioned, we'll be live for reactions to that presentation. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Chun2D2, as well as here, youtube.com slash joyclicks for the video version of this show in the Excelsior playlist, alongside all of our other shows and all of our other E3 coverage and reactions and content. You can check that out. If you want the audio version of the show, though, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just look up Excelsior or Marvel's Avengers. It will pop up. I'm going to have to add Guardians of the Galaxy to the show description so we can start getting up there for that, too. (laughs) Yeah, get those keywords. Get the SEO going. Get that SEO. we got to plan ahead. You know, we were the number one Avengers podcast because we got in early. That's what's Mm -hmm. important, Jack. Yeah, we're going to have a a three-year gap between this announcement and the release, and we're going to have it covered. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, And... I cover the audio feed. Patreon.com is the other thing. Patreon.com slash joyclicks. If you want to support the shows on a monetary level, the one and five dollar tiers. Five dollar tier will get you producer credit for this show and every show we do, like Chris Sackis, Aaron Easton, and Charles Applin. So thank you very much. And that's gonna do it. So Jack, this is our final moments before E3. One last thing you want to put out into the, the world, the the sacred timeline. What what are you manifesting? Cre- Honestly, maybe just go wild with it if you want to. Create a Nexus event. Let's let's kick off this multiverse early. What is the one thing you want to throw out there before Square's E3? Alright, so we're getting Black Panther. That's all well and good. Maybe even Spider-Man. Sure, that's a dessert. Um, and then they just come out and say, you know what? We're going to detail all of Year 2. Here you go. Roadmap Year 2 excellent give me give me one highlight from year two um we get on february it's valentine's day the month of love we get Mm -hmm. bucky barnes and captain america go on a date they hit the town (laughs) in manhattan and it's called a lover's journey captain america and bucky's bucky barnes that one can only be a high power level mission and we will never forget (laughs) it (laughs) that's right Perfect. Well, uh, look forward to that, and until next time, Excelsior. Excelsior.